Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Days. I'm Sarah Wright Olson. And I am Teresa Palmer. And we have a very exciting guest today. And she's a guest, I would say, the most in-demand guest we've been getting all over the gram. Like, <laughs> where is she? We need her. Where's the interview? We're like, we're saving her. We're saving her. <laughs> Every single week that we post something, then it's like, oh, we're having, you know, so-and-so on. And then it's like someone, this some fan writes and says like, that's great and everything, but when are you having Danny Olson on? Because, or Daniela Rua Olson on? Because that's the person that I want to hear from. And I'm like, uh, Okay, great. Yes, we are. Obviously, she's my sister-in-law. We're having her on. <laughs> I wrote to someone yesterday being like, yes, it's happening. Come on. Don't worry. Like, obviously, it's happening. <laughs> I will I will tell those listening or those who were interested in listening to, to our stories together uh, that uh, Sarah reached out to me even before the podcast was ever on the air. So we knew it would be happening at some point. It just had to yes. do with scheduling and everything. And luckily on a Saturday early morning, which by the way, I'd like to preface this by saying that my I'm home alone with my kids right now because my husband decided to go to work uh, yesterday before I knew that I was going to be on this morning. Oops. Um, yeah. So so it's totally fine. I told them not to interrupt, which tends to be when they do interrupt. <laughs> yeah. Like as soon as we logged on, River came up with a cookie and he's like, can I have this? Can I, I was like, this? just break can it in half because I know it's the last one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we're I good. Love it. We should be okay. But if we get interrupted, you know why. I'm home alone. Because we're all moms. <laughs> do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Think of all that cash back on those overpriced kombuchas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cash back credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cash back? Uh, splurge on some fancy champagne with the gals or order fine dining to the house and watch a good true crime doco. Whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Well, welcome to the show, Daniela (laughs) Rua Olson. Um, We are so excited to have you. If if there's any listener out there that doesn't know, uh, Danny is my sister-in-law. She is married to my husband, Eric's brother, Dave Olson. (laughs) Uh, and then on TV, she's married to my husband. Ha, two on that. <laughs> Weird. I have wedding pictures with both. I have wedding pictures with both boys. I once told Dave, I was like, we should get a picture of you and Sarah in wedding gear and like give all the pictures to your parents. And I that would be hilarious. And Dave just looked yeah. at me with a really blank face, like, that's not funny. And I was like, I think it's very funny. It's really funny. <laughs> Dave and I would be so awkward. We would be like, uh, this doesn't make any sense, you guys. Like the prom picture. But my point is like that you're that that our in-laws, Paul and Jeannie, would put up all the photos in their living room. And then every time they have a guest come over, people would just not know what the heck is going on. And yeah. That's I mean, really you gotta make funny. light of silly situations. Don't I you? love this story. I think it's so unique. I mean, I've never heard of anything like yeah. this before. Are you able, for the people who are interested, just to kind of journey back to that time? How did this all unfold? <laughs> what happened? What, specifically with the with with Eric and Dave or with which part? Yes, all of you guys. So you were on the show with Eric first and then yes. did he – was his brother doubling Eric? So – I started off the season right from the pilot episodes and Eric joined us probably towards the end of season one um, and as a regular in season two. Um, And very shortly after Eric joined the show, he started uh, sort of selling Dave. You should meet my brother. You should meet my brother. You guys be a perfect fit. And then I met Sarah and Sarah started, you should meet Dave. You should meet Dave. You'd be a perfect fit. And mind you, our characters were not involved at that time. There was like the banter and the flirt and whatever, will they, won't they? But there was no relationship between the characters at that time. Um, and, uh, and I was like, okay, Eric, Sarah, okay, whatever, fine. And and they didn't even have so much as a picture of him to show me. So I really didn't know anything about Dave, except he was traveling a lot for work. Um, and that he typically doubled Eric on, on the jobs that he would do films and TV shows. Um, but it took a while for me to actually meet Dave in person just because he was traveling so much and I was on the show. So evidently, Eric and Sarah had been doing the same thing to Dave. You should meet Danny. You should meet Danny. You guys are perfect. Eric's exact words were, you like meatheads and Dave likes brunettes with big shoulders. And I was like, oh, okay. That's weird. He said that? <laughs> he totally said that. You like meatheads. And he likes brunettes with big shoulders. And I was my like, God, oh, yes. my God. Cheers to <laughs> cheers to that. Dave is not a meathead. And maybe I am a brunette with bigger shoulders. But anyway, but it was I was like, OK. Um, and so uh, I also had very few friends at the time, because when I moved to L.A. for the show, um, I moved by myself. Uh, I didn't have I didn't know anybody. And all the people that were on the show with me kind of had lives of their own. You know, Chris and Todd were married with kids. And, you know, so until Eric joined the show, I didn't really have someone who was, you know, um, I guess my, my, my partner on the show, obviously, uh, not in the way that we became partners on the show and friends. And, and then I met Sarah and I kind of found my group of people through Your them, people. Um, including Dave, basically. Uh, and yeah, so one day Eric kept inviting me to things that now I look back, I think he knew Dave might be also attending or hopefully attending. 
Um, and one of those days actually happened, which was at our friend Jake's house, Sarah, obviously. Um, Jake ended up being one of our groomsmen at our wedding, but we met at his house. Um, but the day that I met him, I was introduced to a lot of people at once. And so he didn't say, this is my brother, Dave. He said, this is Dave. This is Brad. This is Jake. This is da 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 um, I was like, okay, cool. Anyway, after a while, uh, the boys are playing like football on the beach. And it's like, do you remember this, Sarah? It was like a barbecue yes, in the pool. There's a lot of people there that I'd never seen before, never met. I only really knew Eric and Sarah. And anyway, at some point, I'm watching the guys play football on the beach, just chatting to whoever's there. And some dude comes like flying right in front of me and like in the air and lands at my feet because he just caught the ball. And I looked down and I was like, he's hot. Um, <laughs> he's attractive. Okay. Anyway, it's that's done and the day continues on and that's it. And then at some point I find myself in the pool with a bunch of other people, but sort of chatting to the same guy that had fallen at my feet mm-hmm. um, and chat, 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 Aww. chat, chat. And what have you, you know, I've been traveling here, I've been to the Middle East, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, cool. And then at some point, um, I may be distorting this part of the story, but this is what's in my memory, I think, is Eric <laughs> kind of walks by and I was like, yo, so I all of the stuff about Dave, 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 like, who's Dave? Which one's your brother? Oh, my God. <laughs> and sure enough, it's the dude I'd been talking to that fell at my <gasps> feet on the beach. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Meant to be. Meant to be. It was meant to be. So what's funny is that, you know, obviously Eric and Sarah had been um, promoting Dave uh, and <laughs> – uh, and yeah, I didn't even know what he looked like. And it just so happens that the guy I was attracted to at that party happened to be Dave, unbeknownst to me. So it was it was a mix oh between setup, goodness. but also a natural falling for because I didn't know it was him. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. So I thought and did he then start working on the show as Eric's double or did he never work on the show? <laughs> no, no, he's definitely on the show. Yeah. He's definitely on the show. Uh, but no, he didn't start working on the show until a little bit after that, because like I said, he was still traveling for sort of post-military stuff that he was doing. Um, And so, yeah, it was after that that he sort of came onto the show. And at that point, like, we knew we were attracted to each other, but we weren't really dating at the time. And so, you know, you also don't want people at work to know anything because you haven't cemented anything on your end. So what is there to tell or to show? Nothing. Um, Yeah. It was kind of sexy hiding it from everyone at first. Oh, I bet. (laughs) I bet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to, and then when we finally went on our first date, I was like, oh, I'm excited to tell Eric and Sarah that, you know, it's like, guys, look, this thing that you were hoping for happened. Dave's like, don't tell anyone. I was like, oh God. <laughs> oh my gosh. So now I'm going to work every day having this like big secret that I know Eric and Sarah are going to be so happy about and keeping yeah, it from them. And we were them super and Eric. happy once we found out. We were like, <laughs> that's amazing. That's a, how long have you guys been together? But you found out it – w- it hadn't been long, but it, you guys found out in the weirdest of ways because my husband has – like his idea of a surprise is really not what humanity's idea of a surprise might be. <laughs> um, so it's like we were going to spend our first weekend in Santa Barbara. So it was very shortly after we started dating and we're like, let's go spend a weekend away together. Okay. So he was going to take me to Santa Barbara. I'd never been there before. Um, and uh, I believe, er- Sarah, you and Eric were at – the outlet in Camarillo. You were at a restoration yeah, hardware. Yeah, we love an outlet. We love an outlet. <laughs> you love a good outlet. We were uh, basically, we called it like our swap meet. We'd like go try to find very <laughs> discounted furniture. Oh my God. Yes. yes. And still try and negotiate down. <laughs> yes, that's right. Eric calls them because uh, he knew that they would be there. 
And, and it's on the way to Santa Barbara. And I was quiet in the car. They didn't know I was in the car with David. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm heading to Santa Barbara. And I remember hearing Eric on Loudspeaker being like, what are you going to do in Santa Barbara? And Dave's like, oh, I, um, I, need, I need a black shirt. I was like I looking like, at him what? going, what? You're the worst liar ever. <laughs> Probably a good thing. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, you're going yeah. to Santa Barbara to buy a black shirt? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, where are you guys? <laughs> he quickly moved past that. And sure yeah. enough, like we went to this, we went to the Restoration Hardware in Camarillo, knowing Eric and Sarah were there. And we walked in and he's like, okay, just stand here with me and just like hold my hand. And we just like stood behind you guys holding hands. And they turned around <laughs> and they're like, oh, uh, we were uh, like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> It was the weirdest, most awkward thing I've ever lived oh through. My God. Um, it was so bizarre. Do you remember that, Sarah? Uh, it's hard to forget that one. Yeah. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I was oh like, my God. Um, okay, so you guys are together. We're very happy with you guys. <laughs> Cut to many, many, many years later, and now you have two beautiful children and you've been together for almost 10 years. How long have you been married? Almost almost 10 years, right? 10 years next year? Uh, no. So we're, we're two years behind you guys in terms of like uh, wedding anniversaries. It. I think you guys are at 10. We're at eight. But we've been together in this coming February of 2023. I think we'll be 12 years together. Oh, wow. So, wow. You have a pretty um, incredible couple of birth stories, but you have like this unreal crazy story that happened with Sierra's birth. And I was yes. wondering if you wanted to share a little bit of that with us because yeah, um, for some of our listeners, they probably know your story and for others, they don't. And we definitely have not had a birth story like this on here before. So <laughs> um, I was thinking maybe you could share some of that story with us and I'm not going to give anything away. So walk <laughs> us through like your 30-something weeks pregnant. Tell us about your pregnancy with Sierra. And also, for people who don't know, how old are you, both your children? Yeah, so uh, my son River will be nine in December, and my daughter Sierra just turned six in September. Uh, oh. So uh, Six years ago, this happened. Six years ago, this happened. All right, guys, we are a couple of tired mamas and all we do is crave a spa day and we deserve it. We always end up putting ourselves down the very bottom of our to-do list. We jump from one activity to the next and we're always meeting the needs of everyone else around us. I think it is time for a little self-pampering. This Mother's Day, make every day a spa day for all the moms in your life with Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. It's a value pack of two luxurious body care moisturizers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature, uplifting, all-natural, citrusy scent. I think the greatest and most thoughtful gifts are the gifts that you actually like love yourself, something that you use on yourself. And I love using the Mega Moisture Duo. It makes my skin so glowy. It's like super hydrating, firming, smells amazing. When I give my kids a hug after a bath, they're like, oh, you smell so good. <laughs> it is my absolute favorite gift and such a great gift for Mother's Day. 
Yes. Folding in self-care is a moment to practice mindfulness. It's self-love. It's compassion. And we all know if you run your battery flat, it's harder to recharge. A consistent body care routine promotes healthy, glowing skin and also supports your mental health. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOTHERDAYS at OSEAMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOTHERDAYS for 10% off. All right, as you guys know, we are we are busy mums. We are dog mums, business mums, performance mums, school board mums. Life gets hectic. That's why we rely on our tried and tested go-tos to alleviate some of the chaos. NerdWallet helps you by maximizing your everyday spending, whether it's groceries for the week, drinks with friends, or a nice family meal. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. I mean, come on, guys. Think of all the cash back that you're going to get on those kombuchas, on those frozen pizzas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? Uh, A silent meditation retreat in Peru, a sweat lodge in India, whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all credit cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Only 4% of births happen the way mine did, which I found out afterwards. And I, I thought it was really cool, um, which is which is a breech birth. Uh, fortunately, Sierra came out butt first, not feet first. Uh, wow. So it means that we were able to deliver her more safely or the odds were, you know, gearing towards more safe than less safe had she been uh, feet first. Uh, so Sierra was breech. And uh, my water broke with both kids at 37 weeks, which is really funny. Same for both. And my milk dried out at like five months with both kids too. So my body was like, this is what we're doing and this is what we're sticking to. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, water breaks at 37 weeks with Sierra. I had just found out that she was breech. um, And uh, I had gone to Dr. Berlin and Mm -hmm. he, uh, he helped massage the muscles and everything to try and relax all of that. He, he, um, sort of gave me, advised me to be on that sort of incline a little bit upside down, which felt awful, was so nauseating, but it was supposed to like bring Sierra up a little bit in order to help give her space to turn. Um, and, uh, but shortly after that, like within days of finding out she was breached, my water broke. So there was no time to turn her. And I wasn't really interested in sort of doing that forceful turn that they do. Um, and I spoke to, I wanted to have a natural birth. I hadn't been able to do that with River, natural birth being unmedicated and vaginal. And uh, I did get an epidural with River for reasons that I can explain later. But, uh, and so my doctor at the time said, I support your decision, but I don't deliver 
babies uh, that are breached vaginally. I only do uh, uh, C-sections. And I said, okay, I appreciate you. And he said, but I support you and I will find, I will recommend someone to you who can, who can deliver the baby. I said, great. I left the office. All right. We're going to try and turn her. Water breaks. I don't have that Ugh. recommendation yet. <laughs> so uh, at this point, I am physician-less with leaking water from me. Wait, um, was it like that quickly? Was it that like instant like that? Like you left the office and it was like the same day your water breaks? No, 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 no. It was like four or five days later. Oh, so, my gosh. You know, okay. And I'm thinking I have three weeks left to figure this yes. out, right? Yes. So I leave the office and I'm fine. And then four or five days later – 2.30 in the morning, I'm in bed sleeping. Dave fell asleep on the couch watching something. Um, and sure enough, water breaks. And I go and wake him up. Oh and he's God. like, oh, my gosh. I was like, can't we just labor at home for a little bit? And I was like, honey, water has broken. Baby coming. <laughs> we need to move. <laughs> yeah. I need a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I need a doctor. But anyway, but that was that was sort of like – I was so focused on finding someone that would – I wasn't even panicking. It was so funny. The only thing that I felt happy about was that I was getting contractions because I didn't get them with River. Uh. And all I cared about was like if I'm getting contractions, it means I don't need Pitocin. If I don't need Pitocin, it means this can actually happen for us as a family yes. in terms yes. of birthing unmedicated. Um, so I was really happy about that. So basically I said, Dave, you know what? Sleep a little bit longer. I'm going to need your rest and your strength later when I'm in labor. So continue sleeping. I went in my closet, closed the door, turned on the light. And started texting Dr. Berlin. I texted Anna Paula, who was my doula at the time. I texted uh, my physician. I was like, guy, everybody, I need a recommendation now. And the common name that came up was Dr. Crane um, over at Cedars. Oh, yes. Uh, so lucky for me. I birthed with him with Bodhi. He was my, when I had a home really? birth transfer, he was my backup doctor. Oh. So he came to Cedars and he was the one that ultimately. He's unbelievable. Me unbelievable. He's amazing. He's, yeah. he was very, very in tune with me. So, uh, but so I get, I, I, uh, get his number. I leave a message and he calls me right back, which is so lucky. I mean, he could have been, what time is this? What time is this? This is probably 3am, 3.15am, something like that. Doctor calls her back. Just going to say that's a pretty special doctor right there. Okay. Keep going. (laughs) I left him a voicemail. I was like, you don't know me. My name is Daniela. Uh, My water broke. My baby's breech. I'd like to deliver vaginally. You were recommended by so-and-so and and -and -and so-and-so and -and -and so-and-so. If you are so inclined, like, please call me back. (laughs) Um, So he called me back within minutes um, and he was so gracious. He was like, okay, First baby, second baby. I said, second baby. He goes, how tall are you? How big is the baby? How many weeks? Like he asked me all these basic questions. He says, okay, if it was your first child, I would not recommend birthing vaginally naturally. Um, but because it is your second child um, and with all the other stuff, uh, I think you should be okay. But I'd like to see you. I'd like to check you in my office. So um, I'm close wow. to Cedars. As soon as that you're close to my office, give me a call 10 minutes out and I will be there. Oh my gosh. So he what? got up and went straight there. Yes. He met us there at like five o'clock in the morning. Now, (gasps) prior to that, I'm running around the house prepping because my son is two years old at that time, sleeping, of course. (gasps) My mother is on a plane on her way to us because she was going to come early to help me out towards the last few weeks. So she was supposed to stay home with River. My in-laws are in town because it's Labor Day weekend, but my in-laws are staying with Eric and Sarah. Who, of That's course, right. everybody's phones are off or on silent. So, and we didn't want to wake up the kids, so we didn't call them their house. So now we're oh like, my gosh. shoot, we have to take River to the hospital with us. We don't have a right. choice. But we did. Well, it's great. But, you know, when you had your kids in the room with you, you would prep them. 
You would, yeah. you, as far as you told me, like they saw maybe some videos and you let them know what it was going to sound like and look like and feel like. So they were ready for it. My kid wasn't, right? So to oh. me, it was scary to have, I would be too worried about his shock. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if he were in the room with me and, and I needed Dave to be focused on me as well. I needed him to be next to me. And, um, cause this is a journey I hadn't been through before, you know, both breach and not, and unmedicated. So, um, so anyway, we, so we get River out of bed and at this, (laughs) oh, but before that I'm making snacks like a snack package for River because I don't know how long we're going to be at the hospital and I didn't have anything packed. So I download the <laughs> I download the contraction app on my phone to time it. And I'm running around the house with a sleeping River and a sleeping Dave. <laughs> and I have a contraction. I go down to the ground on all fours. I breathe. I breathe. I breathe. It starts to subside. I look up my watch. I go, great. I have nine more minutes. And I start running around the house again quickly wow. before the next oh contraction to get it all packed gosh. up. As I'm feeling slowly, the contractions are coming along and they're progressing, which again, I was thrilled about. Um, anyway, it's all ready to go. I said, Dave, we got to go get up. It's time. So we got River in the car. I couldn't even sit down on my butt anymore because like, I could feel oh. the pressure of her uh, in me. Um, so now I'm facing River in the back, like holding on to the passenger seat like this. Oh Dave is speeding down the freeway. <laughs> Luckily, it was middle of the night on a Sunday on Labor Day weekend because we live in the valley, which is pretty far from Cedars. And typically, if you don't live in L.A., it takes a long time to sit mm. in traffic. Yeah. Um, so we were very lucky on all fronts in that sense. Um, and River's looking at me like, why is mom facing me? And Dave was just like, tell mommy she's doing a good job. Your sister's coming, all this stuff. And oh, he's, my gosh. Anyway, River falls back asleep. We get to the doctor's office. Um, I'm really struggling to sort of keep walking at this point during contractions. The doctor's already there, ready for me. Um, You know, he checks me. He's like, you're at four and a half centimeters. And I was like, yes, yes, it's happening. Yeah. Um, You know, I was so happy. That's exactly what it feels like, by the way. It just feel you feel like yes, it's, you know, it's, it's like such a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. and he's yeah. like, I think, I think you're perfect. He goes, I think you're green lit to do this on Medicaid. I think you're good to go. Oh you can gosh. totally do this. Oh my god! And those words of affirmation meant so much to me um, because I remember my first physician who who was my, who attended for River. I had told her initially, like, I really want to try a natural birth, and her reaction was, okay, oh. condescending. Yeah, which is why I didn't use her again when I was pregnant with Sierra. Oh, guys, anyone listening, you know that that's not someone to be with. If someone laughs at yeah. you or yeah. like scoffs, especially as a first time mom, I'm like, okay, well, you can try natural if you want, but it is your first mm-hmm. birth. Yeah. I have heard that story so many times. Exactly. The thing that I hear all the time is this line um, from women who are like, oh, my doctor told me this. My doctor said, oh, yeah, a lot of women come in here and say that. And then they end up getting Ugh. like, you know, whatever. No. And an intervention. And I'm like, that's not okay. Like, just yeah, support no. the mother. Support her. Well, and it's also that when you feel supported by your physician and they give you advice to do something that wasn't in your plan, I will trust you. And I will yes. go with your advice because you've yeah. been so supportive up until now. And I know that you wanted what I wanted for me. And you're saying, you know what, I'm aware of what you wanted, but I really feel like it's safer for you and the baby to do it a different way. And I would yes. trust that. 
But because there was that scoff right at the beginning, you know, when when it came times like, oh, we we you water broken, you don't get contractions, we need to induce you immediately. I was like, we do? Like I can't mm-hmm. like walk around or try. No, 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 no. Risk of infect. Like it was so, you know, but first time mom. Fear, it was all fear-based. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes, it was all fear-based or you know, and that's anyway. So Dr. Crane was phenomenal because I got to the ho- he checked me, he met obviously, then he said, Yep, it's time to go to the hospital. Got to the hospital. And this is, oh my gosh, you mamas are gonna love hearing this. So I'm at the hospital and I am um double sort of uh standing, but with my forearms on the bed, right? Leaning forward and kind of ba- um going side to side with my legs love and I'm that. between contractions yeah. and I'm doing my breathing and I'm starting to get a little quieter. If you remember, like First, you're really chatty, and then at some point, things get a little more focused. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going side to side, and I'm in the middle of a contraction, and uh, and River's in the room, and Dave's in the room, and Dave says, uh, "River, uh, go hold mommy's hand and tell her she's doing a good job." And he walks around the bed. He's two, freshly like two. Walks around the bed, and he puts his hand on my hand. And I kid you not, the contraction pain went away. Like, it was that oxytocin that kicked Mm. in like this, like that natural painkiller. Of course, I still felt it, but, like, something happened at, like, as soon as his little skin touched mine. Uh. Um, It was amazing. It was something that, like, really stood out to me in that moment. Um, Anyway, fortunately – you know, 7 a.m. or something, you guys finally get the messages and uh, Nana shows up at the hospital and she takes River. And at that point, you know, it's time. But Dr. Crane was in the room with me the entire time. Mm. And he says at some point he goes, by the sounds you're making, I think you're getting ready to push. And the fact that he was so in tune with that, you know, um, was unbelievable. And I just kept remembering what Anna Paula Ardula said, which is like, don't make high pitched sounds. Cause if you squeeze what's going on in your throat, you're squeezing what's going on down at the bottom. And you know, it's like <laughs> right. make lower, more visceral sounds. And it's true. It totally makes a difference. But at some point I have vague memory of, of sounding like an alien, like, <laughs> just yes. trying to, yes. you know, let that, that guttural, yes, yeah. guttural deep um, like animalistic, let's face it. It's animalistic. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're more in touch with nature in that moment than ever else. Anyway, my eyes were closed the whole time. Cause that's just where I was. And Dave then told me, he's like, there was like 15 people in the room. And the minute oh Sierra gosh. came out and they heard her cry, all the pediatricians left, all this medical students left because it's breech birds are very rare. And so all the students that were working that night or whatever came in, were in the room. Oh my gosh. What, what that would look like. And she comes out but first, like she comes is up, that, but like first, squished in a little. Half. Oh my god! Yep, like this, like Gosh. folded. You guys, um, squished and folded up like this, and strong lungs, crying out loud. She was seven oh. pounds at thirty-seven weeks. So, Sarah, I'm glad I didn't have the experience of an eleven-pound baby. I feel like it would have gone in that direction. Oh had yeah, we to forty Fold, weeks. Eleven-pound baby folded in half. It's like. <laughs> It has to be like birthing a giant basketball. I don't know. Exactly. Well, but here's the cool thing. So when I found out that she was breech and I went to Dr. Berlin and I said, oh, Dr. Berlin, this sucks because like I think I can't do a natural birth if she's breech or unmedicated rather. He goes, why not? The butt is softer than the head. And it kind of made me go – So true. That's true. (laughs) And what like – I'm so curious. Like how wide is a folded in – like how – 
do you compare that to like a normal circumference of a baby's head? Did anyone tell you like no. it's going to stretch more, it's going to feel? I don't have an answer to that. That's, I'm curious too now that you ask it. I never even thought of asking that question. But I mean, I do know that the reason why it's safer to birth a baby who's butt first than the baby who's feet first is that the feet can fit through before you're fully dilated, which means that oh, if the feet come through and the body comes the through, the head can get stuck. Oh, right? yeah. Stuck. Not the core. Yes. No, the head can oh, get stuck head. because it's not at 10. Yeah. But That's when the baby right. comes out butt first, you still have to be 10 centimeters dilated to fit the butt through. Totally. And therefore, That's there's right. less of a risk of the baby getting caught. Okay. I have a question. Um, so do you feel like when you were pushing – because like pushing a baby that's head down – there's like the ring of fire. And then when you get yes. past, I mean, I didn't really feel the ring of fire because I'm so like <laughs> numb from just all of it. The whole thing is fire. <laughs> the whole thing is fire. But like the ring of fire happens, right? That's like when the biggest part of the, of the head, you know, comes through. And then it's like the rest of it is like you're just birthing out like floppy stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah. the the hardest part is like the beginning part. And then like you have a few pushes and like the rest of it comes out and it's a relief. So if you're birthing bottom first, like was the end of it hard? Or like, how did it feel as it was, as she was coming out? Like, I think it's a little bit like you, like there's so much going on feeling wise um, in that part of your body that it's hard for me to sort of pinpoint specifics like that. But I can tell you that uh, what I, what I believe I felt happened was she came out butt first and then Dr. Crane like pulled out the rest of her legs. So she, I, I believe. Oh, wow. And, yes, and just yeah. sort of like, yeah. Cause Helped. once, once she started coming out, it, it was, it, she came out almost all at once as far oh, as I remember. Right. And so he kind of helped negotiate her out with, while well, you were, yeah, I oh, think so. Okay, because as you said, cool. like there was a moment of push, push, push. And then whatever is the most stretched version of yeah. you, then at some point it de it went back it just, and like, like back you in. said, like it just flopped. The rest of it just sort of flops <laughs> yes. out really quickly. Oh, wow. It's the best feeling in the whole it freaking is the world. Best it is. Feeling. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is a big, big relief. It's a big relief to your oh. body. And oh my um, gosh! And she just started crying. Yeah, immediately, which is uh, so lucky. So we're uh, so yeah, such a blessing. But like. As soon as she came out, the first thought in my head was like, I did it. I did it. But what came out of my mouth to Dave was, we did it. We did it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so sweet of you. Yeah, <laughs> well, You know, but it was yeah. also like Sierra also did it. Like, we all did it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the funny thing is, as scary as birth may sound to somebody who's never had a baby, because I remember perfectly when I was younger being like, I can't wait to have kids. But like, when once the baby's in your tummy – oh my gosh, then it's got to come out somehow. And that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then when you actually do get pregnant, um, I so sorry. Do it. I made it. You, you made, made it. it. You I made, made it, it out. out of the tummy. You made it out of my tummy. You did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm leaving oh. that in. Can we leave that We're in? Leaving that's that so in. cute. Oh. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, And so, uh, oh gosh, what was I saying? Oh, I, I you remember guys were both in costumes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stand on that side. I remember what you were saying. So what you were saying was... Um, Get was, closer so they can was, hear you. It was when um, Seba came out of the tummy and um, I touched your hand and it didn't hurt anymore. Yeah, and you heard yeah. that part. Yeah, I heard everything. What were you eating when Sierra was born? 
raisins. <laughs> I was sitting in the corner eating raisins next to dad. Yeah. Dad was so drowsy, so we sat down <laughs> on yeah, poor dad. white seats. And he almost fell asleep with his black and blue jacket. And Aww. he was wearing, um, what? That's right. He was That's wearing, really um, cute. one of those things called sweatpants, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. I'm glad you do. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was kind of focused on other things. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, no, River has an, a memory of an elephant. He does not forget. The detail, the detail. He's like dad's black and blue jacket. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, it was, it was an amazing experience. Oh, and that fear, basically, you know, whatever I thought would be a fearful experience when I was younger, once you do get pregnant, you're just looking forward to meeting this human that you're making, basically. And so um yeah I never there was no fear or anything I couldn't wait for it to happen so I was a beautiful sun flare couldn't wait for it to happen and right after I birthed Sierra as much as my body and mind went through in that moment um I was ready to do it all over again oh, you know what I mean wow. like it didn't even take a day to say oh my god I need a rest like oh no gosh I would totally do that again one day and then we decided not to <laughs> just to and then and are you still thinking about it <laughs> No, 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 no. Life, life, this is kind of like what we were all, always hoped for, what we always planned. Um, you know, we always wanted a boy and a girl, whatever order that came in. Um, yeah, it's it's luckily thus far life has been exactly as we designed it, so to speak. Oh, my goodness. That is what so a dream. so excited to hear the story again. I mean, I know so many different parts of it, but um, I just think because, first of all, you know, when people say breech birth, they're like, oh, no, that's a C-section, you know, immediately. And um, it's so cool that you had someone in your life, Dr. Berlin, at that time that was like, well, actually, no, like, let's. Yeah. And Anna Paula as well. And Anna Paula. And the thing that who is your doula? Um, and the thing that is so cool that he preaches so much is that it, it's all about being informed, right? If you are informed about what your options are, then you can make a decision that um, yeah. is best for you. So um, you then were informed like, oh, OK, so maybe this is a possibility. Let me look into this further. And then your body just kind of was like, well, we're doing it. So you better get on it. And it was just like the universe, like put it all into place. Like the fact that a doctor called you back in the middle of the night and said, come over the fact that you were a candidate, like this is something that you really wanted after um, your birth with river. And then you were able to do all of these things. Like it's it's amazing that and also I'm sure that did something yeah. for you. Like when we talk about how birth gives us this, like, you know, no matter how you birth, after the fact, you feel very different. It gives you a different kind of of strength that maybe you didn't have before or couldn't mm -hmm. find. Maybe you might yeah. feel that way. Some women talk about feeling that way. Like, did you feel like that after this birth? Yeah, absolutely. I I felt superhuman, undoubtedly so. Like, <laughs> it's still, it's still, um, it's such a, whatever it is that you believe in in your life, whether it's the universe or God or any culture, any faith, like there's nothing, that puts you more in tune with something bigger than yourself mm. than the fact that we can produce another human being 
never be connected to electricity or need batteries for it. Like we just, we produce our own energy that then goes into producing a full other human being with organs and limbs and thoughts and a personality. Um, and then that you are, the, and then they come out of you. However, that happens for, for different moms. It's, it's, it's superhuman. It's, it's godly. It's universal. It's, it's a miracle. It feels like a miracle. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's funny cause my daughter, uh, was in the bathroom the other day and she's like, I wish I could pee standing up like river. And I said, well, you'd need a, I, I said, you know, you'd need a penis for that. But I, and then I told her, I said, I like my body the way it is. I don't need a penis. And she goes, um, I said, I'd rather be able to learn how to <laughs> pee standing up, but with the parts that I do have. Um, and she said, why, why wouldn't you want to have a penis? And I said, because otherwise I couldn't carry the baby in my body. And honestly, like we get to do that, Sierra. We get to do that. That's such an honor to be the one to get to do that. And I would never want to, you know, I would never want it any other way. I've had to process with my son, Bodie. Bodie. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, it was Bodie. I know. The fact that he doesn't get to give birth and have a baby growing in his tummy because he was at my – He's been at all the births, but um, this last one, he was seven when his baby sister was born and he was mm. like, mom, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, I actually am feeling a little bit sad that I don't get to experience Aww. that. And I had to work with him to reframe about how wonderful and how important his job will be one day if he chooses to go down the path of, being with a woman and having a birth and being a partner to a birthing mm. woman, I was like, oh, that role is so important. And think about all mm-hmm. the things you can do. And did you watch daddy? Did you watch how amazing he was, how he was supportive yes. and loving and holding the space for me? And he got really excited by that. But it was still, um, it's still a conversation that comes up every now and then. Like, oh, I don't get to do that. I don't get to breastfeed. I've had that same one with Wyatt. Oh, why? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? That's yeah. so interesting. I But I knew you were going to say Bodhi because they have so many similarities, um, Bodhi yeah. and Wyatt too. And they're such like sweet, sensitive. I mean, Wyatt was the kid that like when, you know, Esme was born, he had this baby sister and then she started getting gifts from people and like people would send her like little princess dresses and he'd be like, how come nobody ever gets me a princess dress? Like uh, those are so sparkly and fun. Like why can't I wear that, you know, and colorful. And I'm like, you totally can. Like if you want one, I could get you one, you know, like uh, here, wear this one. (laughs) You know, I was just like, um, but he, the same. I was just looking at photos of Esme and um, Wyatt and Bodie all down at Malibu at Casey's house yes, that day. Do you yes. remember? And they all were so excited because they they wore Casey's daughter's dresses and they all put yeah. them on and they were doing this oh. performance and Esme was singing a Frozen song and the boys were <laughs> twirling around in their little skirts and dancing in these princess dresses. They were having so much like uninhibited so much fun. fun. And we yes. were just cheering them on being like, yes, oh, my gosh, you're feeling amazing. That's so funny. River, um, a long time ago, River like put on one of Sierra's, what did he do? Was it one of her? Yeah. One of her like princess dresses and he came running in and was like, ta-da. And I, and I was like, 
you look great. That's like, that's, he was being silly. So I was like, you're so funny. Um, and, uh, and he's like, do I look like a girl? I said, actually, no, you look like a boy who's wearing a dress. Like, I was like, yeah, <laughs> he wasn't trying to look like a girl. He was just like, ask because he has long hair too. Yeah. And I was like, no, you look like you wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Bodhi just had his hair cut yesterday. Like short? Short, short. Very short. Oh my gosh. <gasps> Did he want to? Was he asked he for He wanted it? to. He wanted to. He was done. I was like, are you sure, 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 sure? Um, and he was like, I'm done. I'm done. I know. He's so beautiful. Oh my God. River sometimes, do- like, I'm sure your boys are like, it's just a thing where it's like they don't want to brush their hair. Right. Yes. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. So we have to agree. I'm like, you always have to brush your hair every time that you shower because you've got conditioner and it makes it easier and all that stuff. Um, anyway, there was one time, maybe last year or something, where his hair just got really, really ratty and naughty. And it was very difficult to get it out. And I said, you know what, River? This is like anything that you have. If you have a wetsuit, you got to take care of it or you don't get a wetsuit. You have a surfboard, you got to take care of it. A bike. If you don't take care of the stuff that you have and love, then you just can't have them or you shouldn't have them. Mm-hmm. Same thing applies to your hair. If you can't take care of your hair, we should cut it. Yeah. So if you're going to continue like this, then we're just going to cut your hair. And he called me on my bluff for the first time ever because it oh, used dear. to be like, no, no, no. He goes like, fine, we'll cut it. And I went, <gasps> don't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, no, 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 buddy. I'm not saying we are going to cut your hair. I'm, I'm just saying like, we, 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 like, you just need to take care of your hair. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh. So it's like you have to be strong and like, I try, you know. Oh my God. As a parent, you don't want to like, backtrack and you know but he totally called my bluff that day and I was like I I mean look I'm not saying we're going to I'm just saying (laughs) you should brush your hair (laughs) but yeah when you were talking about um the birth with Sierra you mentioned at the end there like however whatever it is that you believe in like you know the universe God you know all those things and so and when you said that it reminded me um that you are Jewish and Dave is Lutheran. And so you have a household and a family that has two very different upbringings and religions involved, um, raising children with the menorah and Christmas tree and all the things. Um, It's a beautiful, modern and very inclusive way of living that I've seen. And it's just celebrates culture and um, heritage and belief and all of those things. Can you tell us a little bit about how you guys got there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was never an option not to include everything. Um, Dave Mm -hmm. said something to me really on in our relationship uh, before we even had kids. Because by the way, I I come from a family, um, both sides of my family are Jewish uh, and traditional Jews in the sense that, you know, we celebrate the high holidays and we don't eat pork and um, but nothing orthodox or super conservative, definitely very culturally Jewish. Um, and I think there are two sides to that in Judaism. There's a religious side and then there's the cultural side. Some do both and some are more one one thing than the other. Um, and uh, and I just remember um uh, my, one of my uncles who, uh, married someone who wasn't Jewish, who actually converted when they got married. But he, he said, you know, the biggest mistake that we did was that we never discussed how we were going to raise the kids Mm. before we had kids, because it's such, I mean, it's really, really important and believe no matter how in love you are, stuff like that can become a huge point of contention once you have kids, because who cares if, 
he grew up with one faith and I grew up with another. We respect each other of that. But then it's like, well, who gets to give the thing that's important to them to the kids? Yeah. Right. And I think it is. And so what he what Dave said to me right off the bat was like, I think we just add. We never take away. Oh, oh, my gosh. That's so great. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that kind of became the motto for how we raise the kids. You know, they've I mean, obviously, COVID changed everything about attending temple or attending a church or anything like that. Yeah. But prior to that, you know, we would go to temple and then if we visited Nan and Papa in Iowa, they've be- definitely been to church before, like Thanksgiving service and taking the food down the aisle and donating it. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's about being a really good human being. Um, I think if one of us, Dave or I, didn't believe in God at all, I think that would be harder because, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? And and the Lutheran and the Jewish faiths are not as different as you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, socially, we're both sort of very liberal with what we believe people's rights should be. You know what I mean? So our faiths don't cloud our acceptance of other people. Um, and um, yeah, and at the end of the day, like we were interested in learning about how we both grew up and we both grew up with the same, so to speak, amount of religion around us, right? Both families were traditional. Both families, you know, were dedicated to certain parts of their faith and, and things that you do. Uh, so none of that was foreign to us. It's not like one grew up with faith and one didn't. So, yeah, you know, so we had more in common than you would think with just the labels of Jewish and Lutheran. There was there was far more in common. Um, so but yeah, but I mean, River had a more we had a moil come to the house for his bris. Sarah, you were there. Mm-hmm. I was, it was yes. probably shocking. Yep, <laughs> it's probably very, a very, very shocking, shocking moment because it's not something you're used to. I had been to a couple of brisses before and it didn't really affect me much. And then when it was my own, yeah. And then, and then when it was my own son, I was like, ah! (laughs) Is that circumcision? Yeah. At the house. Oh, okay. I was filming it. You filmed it. And I had to turn my head away from the camera because I was, okay, here's the other thing too, though. Sorry to make this about me. But um, (laughs) I was... Uh, postpartum only like three or four months, right? Because um, three and a half months, yeah, super sensitive. Three and a half months. So the boys are three and a half months apart, and so I was still very early on postpartum with my first baby, and then Danny has her baby, and this is something very natural and normal in her um, religion and what they culture. do. So I, culture. I had no idea what I was walking into. Sorry. So then I was like, wait, wait, what? What? And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm the fil- I'm the person filming. And I was like holding the camera and like looking away. But fully tears are coming down my face because the baby's crying. So, of course, I'm crying. And then I was like, yeah. Ah. And I mean, but for Danny, she's fully crying, but she was like, it was such, for her, it was such a beautiful experience, right? Yeah, definitely. It was Aww. spiritual and beautiful. And, you know, it's like I also, even though that's what I grew up with, I still did the reading and the research and spoke to people who knew more than I did about it, you know. And, you know, physically for the baby, they don't feel it at that early age. You know, you have to do it at the at, when they're eight days old. Um, and... Uh, and by the way, the reason why River was crying was because he was being held down yeah, for a matter yeah. of probably a minute. It was very – yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he had to be held to, to be still so we wouldn't, you know, do it wrong. Um, <laughs> and uh, – but the minute he was – the minute he was picked up, stopped crying, fell right asleep. We handed him to Nana, right? 
Eric's mom. Yes, because uh, the Moyle who performed the circumcision, um, he saw how emotional I was. And I think he just wanted to make sure that like mom's not, I wasn't going to, but like mom doesn't faint or doesn't have some sort of like conniption. So it's like, (laughs) let's hand the baby to grandma. (laughs) And then Nana was like holding him and he fell right asleep. It was like, oh, completely. Yeah. There was, there was no, like, there was no posed repercussions. And I know that for some people, circumcision is an obvious thing. For some people, like, it's much more of a discussion. Um, But, you know, that's, that's the route we chose to go down. And um, yeah. And it was, it was a beautiful experience. It was an emotional experience. Um, But yeah. And then my dad, unfortunately, because River was three weeks early, my dad had planned his trip to come visit in line with when the circumcision should have been had he been uh, born yeah. closer oh. to his due date. Um, so, and my dad's a retired physician now. And um, so he couldn't like drop a f- full booking of patients yeah. in order to like jump on a plane last minute yeah. and come early and stuff. So him and my grandfather were in Portugal at the office and I just put the phone on loudspeaker. I don't think we had FaceTime at the time. Um, yeah, and they just so they listened into the whole thing and ask questions and it was very cool yeah oh i love it so basically my son's circumcision was me and my mom were the only two jewish people in the room and the, oil. the rest <laughs> and of it was all the old stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's so true <laughs> but yeah inclusion and you know just I, I want the kids to feel comfortable in this ever-changing world right where cultures are being more and more mixed um i don't know where they're gonna live when they grow up i know that my parents lived in the u.s that moved back to portugal i've lived in london i've lived in portugal i've lived in new york i've lived in la like you just never know where you're gonna end up um so just like be open you know teach your kids that the world is different from them and not only is that okay but it's beautiful yeah yes exactly and what how would you describe yourself as a mother like what if you if someone was looking in they'd be like oh danny's like this like how would you (laughs) what's your way with it and all honesty, I think it depends on the day. I can be the most mm-hmm. insecure person on some days and just be really um, doubtful of of everything, of all of my choices as a parent and, and like, what if I'm doing something wrong? Because at the end of the day, if you do go wrong with something, you won't know until it's too late to change it because they're adults and they're formed and, you know, whatever milestones are done. Um, and there are the days where I wake up and I'm like, I'm the mother best mom on the planet yeah totally. you know what I mean it's uh, like it literally it really just depends on the day I mean uh I think what type of mother am I um yeah I mean I oscillate between being super calm and super not calm are you boundaries or is that more Dave uh no I I would say that that's both of us I would say that that's both of us um we, we we try to be on the same page and try and be a team as much as possible Um, I think what we both are for sure is very, very honest with the kids. Um, Maybe to a fault at times, but you know, it's like if I'm PMSing, for example, and I am particularly moody and I get really, really bad PMS, I, uh, I, I have really a lot of trouble controlling how angry or upset I get over stuff. So I've learned that if I just give everybody a heads up that like I'm starting to feel that my husband's chewing makes me want to kill him. It's, I know it's, I know it's coming. No, it's bad. It's like bad. It's like really bad for me. I think I have that thing called misophonia. Is it misophonia where people's chewing, like there's something in your brain that's activated. Oh my gosh. That's my stepson. No, no, but it's real. I can tell you it's real. I was Uh, like, I don't know what I was doing, like going down the rabbit hole on Instagram or something. And then 
that new ASMR or something, like the sounds that they just like people eating. And something Uh, like that just popped up. And it was like a heightened this. Oh, no. My hand. And I did not – and I did – this was the first time it ever happened. I was holding my phone like this. And as soon as that chewing came on, my hand went like this. Like like <laughs> there was a, there was like a physical reaction, and so I was like, oh my gosh, this this like eating next to me is is real. But anyway, so my point is the honesty is like I've explained to my kids what a period is, um, because they're like, what are these pads in your drawer? And I'm like, well, because every month that an egg is not used, um, but it's true, every month an egg is not no, used, exactly. and they they don't really know how to conceive babies, but they know that dads have seeds in their testicles, and they know that mommies have eggs, right? Um, said every month that an egg is not used, it has to come out and my body cleans itself out and it's called a period. And sometimes um, mommies can feel a little off balance a few days before that happens. And, you know, so, yeah. So, so the other day I was like, River, I'm sorry. The other day, I can't remember what it was. I think I just kind of like barked at him over something that wasn't necessary to bark at him over. And I was like, buddy, I'm really sorry. I yelled earlier. And he's like, oh, I know mommy. It's because you, you're, you're have your period. And I said, uh-huh. yeah, it is. I mean, but, you know, thank you for understanding. I like, But, you know, and also, yeah, it's oh, that thing. It's like bless. I apologize when I'm wrong. Dave yeah. will apologize if we go too far with something, which can happen. Like you just had a bad day and they're over-energized and, ah, you know. It's so important for them to see you um, be human, right? It's like really yeah. hard to live up to people that don't ever make mistakes or don't claim that they've made a mistake or you see that they have made a mistake. I mean, I've definitely had that in my life where, you know, there was a time when my dad, I would even notice that he, like when he was in the wrong, he wouldn't even own it. And I would sit across from him and be like, how are you not, but you're not right in this situation. And like, it's okay to say that. And I would be so infuriating. And I think about that sometimes, like when I'm wrong, I got to say I'm wrong, you know? And, um, I love the way that you're, you've described talking, uh, to the kids. I talk to my kids about it too. And Mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to like, you know, at some point get somebody on the podcast that talks about like, you know, how do you, how should you explain this stuff to your children? Like when it comes up, I mean, they're obviously going to see you, putting, you know, a pad or have tampons in your bathroom or whatever. I mean, winter the other day, she's in uh, training underwear and I was getting ready in the bathroom and um, she's like giggling. And I know she was like kind of playing with my pads because I have them in this basket. She's like playing with them and she's like giggling. And I looked over and she had fully put a pad inside of her training underwear and was like (laughs) pulling it up. And so I was like, uh... (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm like mommy. And I was like, cool, cool. Um, can we not do that? I was like, ah, it's different than a diaper, okay? It's not going to hold all your Is it though? Pain. Is it? <laughs> I guess it's really not. The other thing about being honest with them too is I, I – um, you know, you always hear those things of like, oh, my kid is hearing stuff at school and now they're bringing home like a bad word or yeah. whatever it may be. And so – I think one thing I also explained to them is like, you know, guys, there's lots of stuff that we have explained to you guys or that we will explain to you guys, mm-hmm. which is a mommy and daddy's job to explain to their kids. It is not your job as a kid to go to school and share this information with your friends because maybe their yeah. parents aren't prepared to tell them about it. That's um, right. And, uh, and, you know, so like I said, we haven't told them about intercourse or anything like that yet. Um, 
But uh, but I was like, you know, I even told him, he's like, yeah, but how do the seeds get into the egg? And I said, you know what? There is more to the story. Um, but daddy and I have decided that we're going to wait a little longer before you tell before we tell you the end of the story. We don't think you guys are old enough to hear that yet. Um, but we will. At some point, we will tell you that story. And when we do, the rule is you can ask us all the questions in the world, but we need to not take that to school with us because it is not our job to explain that to other kids. It's their parents' mm. job. That's um, so and they seem to be very understanding about that because can you I mean you know what I'm you know what I'm saying it's like when my kid comes home imagine he does he hasn't but imagine he's like oh yeah so and so said that let's go to the gym I have to be quiet yeah oh yeah don't say that out loud <laughs> right there you know I'd be like oh somebody else has forced my hand you know what I mean and I don't yeah. appreciate that so I mean Teresa you have a teenage son oh yeah I know I know well he obviously knows all the things. Um, all the things. All the things. All the things. Did you explain them to him or dad? No. I reckon that came from mum. I reckon that came from his mum and his friends. Um, but it has filtered down to B, to Bodie. <laughs> so Bodie does yeah. understand what happens. Um, he he thinks it happens just with married mummies and daddies so I'm like we're just gonna Got leave it. it there we're gonna just leave it right there yeah. and I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. talk about like actually it can happen in any situation if you're if you're feeling <laughs> it, it can, you know no I've yeah, just yeah, left yeah, it with yeah. like yeah. when when someone is together and gets married I'm like oh that's yeah. so interesting and I think he probably picked that up from having an older sibling but there are yeah. Certain other things like uh, that we keep secret us parents that um, Bodhi has heard from school about certain times of the year, if you know what I'm, uh, if you can pick up what I'm putting down, um, you know, mm-hmm. that as the end of the year rolls around, certain things happen and there have been people Got at it. his school whose parents uh, have different beliefs and have told him things that he'll come back so upset. So I love what you're saying, Danny, about like putting that boundary in place, saying like, this yeah. is how we discuss this in our family. Mm-hmm. But that's the key yeah. point is we keep this to our family and we don't share it with any other yeah. children. Yeah. I think yeah. that's so beautiful. So just quickly in regards to the parenting, Teresa, you asked me what kind of parent I am. Yeah. So the other day we went out to dinner uh, and we were with my mom's family and stuff. And River was kind of, uh, I think he wanted to kind of show off about being independent. And he was uh, being a little um, a little fresh with me as I was asking him to keep his butt on the chair and stay at the table and stuff. But he got a little fresh. And in Portuguese, I said, um, we're going to have to talk about this when we get back to the car. And so we did. And in the car, I was like, River, and Dave was not there that day. And I said, River, I really did not appreciate how sort of fresh and lippy you were getting with me when I was asking you for like basic manners at the table. Uh, and if daddy wasn't there, you would have never done that. And he goes, yeah, but you're soft. Now mm. I can either take offense to this or I can make it my power. Right. And I'm glad that I made the quick decision to make it my power in that moment. And I said, I know that I'm soft. And I know that daddy's more strict. I said, and that's how you and Sierra will become balanced human beings. Like you need that in your life. And I love being the soft parent. And I said, uh, so if we go to a store and there's something you really want from that store and daddy's not there, are you going to steal it? 
He was like, no, of course not. And I said, so you can make good decisions without daddy being there. <laughs> and, he, uh, and, he, and he was like, well, well, yeah. And I was like, okay. And we kind of left it at that. We get home that evening. Dave comes home from work a little later. And he's tickling the kids and they're playing and all this stuff. And as boys do, it gets a little more rough with the, the two boys than with Sierra. And, and River is like, ow, ow, ow. And, he, and I said, oh, buddy, come here. I was like, dada, come on. Enough with the tickles. And River um, comes and hugs me. <laughs> and I very passively, aggressively whisper in his ear and say, how do you like the soft parent now? <laughs> <laughs> and oh he was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. It wasn't passive aggressive, but I was like, this is a perfect moment to stick in the like, that the softness is a good thing. Cause look, I'm snuggling you. Yeah. But anyway, um, and then a few days after that, or a few weeks after that, actually, uh, River had like five or six soccer games in one weekend. He was playing on different teams. And and it was a heavy soccer weekend. So a couple of nights, I always rub their backs at night, but a couple of nights for him, I said, you know what? Instead of rubbing your back, I'm going to get some bayo, which is what I did, the butter, and I'm going to rub your legs. Thank you. And I rubbed his, <laughs> and I just rubbed his legs, his IT band, his calves, like just give him a little like help with the legs there. And, uh, and he was loving it. And he sat up in the midst of this, leg rub and goes, I really like having a soft parent. <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> oh, bless. I mean, that's really cute. I could have been super offended when he first said it because it was yes. said, it was initially said like as a, as a jab. Yeah. As, as a jab. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I am the soft parent. I kind of like it. <laughs> and I'm going to own that. Yeah. And Danny, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on today. This was awesome. We have absolutely loved having you on the podcast. So many people have been writing us and saying, you got to get Danny on. You got to get Danny on. I'm like, listen, guys, she's the top of our list. Like, girlfriend's busy. She's not only acting. <laughs> She's directing. She's like not just directing in uh, America. She's also directing in Portugal. <laughs> oh my god. She goodness. doesn't stop. She barely sleeps. So where can people find <laughs> you? If they want to see you on screen, like tell us what do you have coming up and then we'll wrap it up. <laughs> so right now I'm on, you know, season 14 of NCSLA, which is on CBS on Sunday nights. Um, and uh, I have a, mo a TV movie that I directed, but it's in Portugal. Um, so I don't know when or how anybody would have access here in the U.S., but that. And then I have some things down the pipeline um, that are not fully signed yet. So Ooh. I'm going to keep that under wraps for now <laughs> until until I'm sure that they're going to happen. You guys should also find her episodes that she's directed of NCISLA because she also has new episodes coming up that she's directed. And this wow. is a new role that she's stepping into. Like this is yeah. – um, a new aspect of her life and she's totally um, loving it. It's a passion of yours, right? It has quickly become a passion of mine. And it's funny because when you're in your like late thirties, um, I just sort of thought like, oh, I'm so passionate about the things that I'm passionate about. You know, this is, this is where I'm investing my time. And then all of a sudden this new thing comes along um, or, I'll, or you open your eyes to it. It's been there the whole time. I opened my eyes to it and I, and I realized how much um, I do love directing and being creative on a different side. And I have so much to learn. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I lo always love being in a classroom and learning and researching and stuff like that. And so this has given me, um, 
you know, a new new type of fire under my butt to do something. And I think it's also important mm. to sort of, die, you know, there's there's more opening now for female directors in the business a lot more than there ever was. And, you know, it's like you kind of have to, if, if this big wave is coming, ride it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. That's what I'm also trying to do. Oh, amazing. And you guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends, with your mom friends. Um, Share it on social media. Um, Rate it. Review it. We would just absolutely love to see it. We'll repost you. Um, And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye.